Thank you for listening to In Good Faith, the Central Reformed Church Sermon Podcast. This episode's sermon is titled, The Hallmark of the Reformation, and is based on Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. It was delivered on Sunday, October 30th, 2022, by Pastor Steve Pierce. Oh, good morning. Do me a favor and, and uh, take the Pew Bible out and turn to page 854. We're going to read Luke 19, 1 through 10. This is today's lectionary gospel. Jesus and Zacchaeus. Listen now for the word of God. He entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down. For I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, He has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. On a recent trip to Europe, my wife Monica and I had the privilege of visiting Strasbourg, France. I've mentioned this a couple of months ago. We were there not once but twice and then later the next week my wife had the opportunity to go a third time. Such a beautiful place in eastern France, right on the border. There the Reformation took hold and it made progress. And Protestantism became quite influential there. Martin Bootser wrote his theological papers while in Strasbourg. In fact, he wrote a liturgy that would become the standard liturgy for all Reformed churches, anywhere and everywhere. It was so popular that the authors of the Book of Common Prayer in the Church of England borrowed some of it, and they were inspired by it to write their Book of Common Prayer. Some of you may have that in your homes. The town was well known for welcoming refugees, was hospitable. In fact, they were uh, open arms to the Huguenot refugees, people like John Calvin, who stayed there for three years. Today, the town is known for welcoming Ukrainian refugees, and the Protestant churches there put those folks up, shelter them, and feed them. Martin Bootser, 
who you will learn a little bit more about at today's second hour in the chapel. And other reformers created and carefully unpacked the fundamental axioms of the evangelical faith. They became known as solas, meaning alones. See if this rings true in your memory bank. By faith alone, by grace alone, Christ alone, Scripture alone, to the glory of God alone. You might have learned these in confirmation or Sunday school. I learned them more in depth in college and then in seminary. And I'll never forget my church history professor in seminary, Dennis Vosco, would always say, and remember, remember that the hallmark of the Reformation is grace. Grace. For the reformers, the teaching from the Apostle Paul that we are saved by grace, not through works, so that no person may boast, took center stage. It was the focus. Grace. I want you to hold on to that word because we're going to come back to it. While in Strasbourg, Monica and I also visited the Cathedral of Notre Dame. It, 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 for 300 years, it was the tallest church building in the world. Today, the tallest church is in Ulm, Germany. But if you visit the Cathedral of Notre Dame, you'll see it's an outstanding masterpiece of Gothic art with both the outside and the inside inspiring peace and reflection. The outside, the facade, is considered the greatest book of images the Middle Ages had to offer. So many folks back then could not read, and so the engravings, the sculptures were all telling the salvation narrative, and folks could walk by and look up and remember the biblical stories based on those characters that were hanging from the building. And everything there on the church has meaning. And each time you gaze upon this holy structure, you learn something new or you see something new. For example, of all the sculptures, of all the engravings, would you believe that the main character from today's gospel lesson made the cut? Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, the same person who went out on a limb, the sycamore tree, and waited for this rabbi to come walking by. They have it captured beautifully. Zacchaeus is out on the limb, and underneath is a throng of people walking behind Jesus. And there you can see Zacchaeus looking down intently on the man known as the rabbi, the teacher. The awe and wonder of that moment is so beautiful. It's captured perfectly. It's a story of grace making its way to those who need it most, those who are transformed by it. So from start to finish, the Gospel of Luke is filled with stories of amazement. This is what we read in Luke 2. His father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. In Luke 9, everyone was amazed at the things that Jesus was doing. Luke 24, Peter went home amazed at what had happened throughout the life and ministry of Jesus. Those who met him were either astonished 
by their encounter, or they, find them, they found themselves beginning to believe in him, and all of that changed their ways. Luke alone tells the amazing story of Zacchaeus. And he places it in the context of his account of Jesus making his way to Jerusalem. And you have to understand Luke is calling from other gospels. He calls from Mark's account. He uses Mark's account heavily, but he relates the story of Jesus' healing of a blind man near the city of Jericho, and then he adds this story to it. And as the story is told, Jesus is simply passing through Jericho. It's the city of palm trees. It's the very place where Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, having led the Israelites into Canaan. It's the oldest inhabited city in the world. It dates back about 11,000 years. Some of us were there not but a few months ago. From what we can infer, Jesus didn't have any real reason to be there, and yet it becomes a place of significant encounter, reminding us again in the Gospels that no one is too far gone, that God's grace isn't able to catch them off guard or transform their life, that no one is too unqualified, that God can't help them and make them whole, that no one is so unholy that God can't interrupt their ungodly routine and show them a better way, the way of the kingdom. And this is good news for all of us today. In this country alone, there are so many people who are searching for answers to their deepest hurts and longings. Google alone sees more than four million hits a year for folks searching in, um, uh, for hope. They type in the word hope and then there they go. Four million a year. 22 million Americans ages 12 and older abuse or are addicted to drugs and alcohol. 21 million Americans struggle with depression. In fact, in 2020, 46,000 people died from depression, taking their own lives. Each and every year, 800,000 people die from suicide, or you might say from depression. An estimated 40 million people in the U.S. are plagued by fear, which means they live as prisoners to their own anxiety. And there are countless people who feel hopeless. They feel worthless. They feel alone. They feel miserable. They feel as though there's no chance on God's green earth that they could be shown grace for the things they've said, thought, or done. Could be a coworker. Could be one of your neighbors. Could be somebody in your family. Could be somebody here this morning. What a travesty that so many people are unaware of the God who sees past all the pretending, uh, all the mistakes, all the guilt, all the shame. If God's grace can make its way to somebody like Zacchaeus, it can make its way to anyone. If salvation could come to the home of a man who spent his entire life ripping people off, well then perhaps grace can make its way here or anywhere. This past week I've spent some time rereading 
a couple of books by uh, Chuck DeGroat, who teaches at Western Theological Seminary. And in his book, Wholeheartedness, he talks about how Jesus seeks to reverse the narrative that one needs to climb up those trees to God by some superhuman holiness. Instead, for Jesus, in this story in particular, the way down is the way up. Life in the kingdom of God begins with brokenness, with humanness. And Chuck DeGroat says it was this way of thinking that led Jesus to the home of Zacchaeus in the first place. Jesus knew the critique of the religious leaders. They defied this upside-down wisdom. The idea that God wants to be in communion with the lowlife, the scum of the earth. That God desires intimacy and wholeness with the likes of those types of people. The religious leaders and the Jewish people hated Zacchaeus as he represented the chief thief in the neighborhood. He was, in the people's eyes, the greatest of sinners, and he was so beyond hope that somebody like Jesus should have known better, should have known that God wouldn't want anything to do with a man like that. But notice in the story, he doesn't say, clean up your act first and then I'll come over. Jesus says to Zacchaeus, come down from that tree right now. I'm inviting myself over to your place and I don't care what other people have to say. Let's hang out. Let's share a meal. I'm going to show you a better way, the way up, the way of the kingdom. The late Thomas Merton once said this. He said, people spend their whole lives climbing the ladder of success only to find that once they reach the top, the ladder has been leaning against the wrong wall. Isn't that true? It's true of many of us, I would imagine. But then again, who could have seen the hidden potential in a man so steeped in sin? Who could have seen the hidden philanthropist in Zacchaeus? Only Christ. Imagine Imagine what he sees in us. The gospel story reveals that we don't have to become exhausted by purifying ourselves before we come to God. There is a time and a place for that. But this story is telling us God pursues us. Saints or sinners, and the good news is we are both at the same time, to the ends of the earth that we might respond to God's grace in order to be restored, to be made whole. Only God can do this spiritual work. You can't do it on your own. We become holy because God makes it so. Not any other way. And it's all because of grace. In fact, the same grace that our choir will be singing about in the second verse of our closing hymn goes goes like this, and a mighty fortress is our God. Did we in our own strength confide? Our striving would be losing. We're not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. 
Dost ask who that may be? Christ Jesus, it is he. Lord Sabaoth, his name, from age to age the same. And he must win the battle. Oh, what battle are you fighting this morning? What is the war going on within you? Know this, the battle is being won. Death doesn't get the last word. And God is doing some amazing work, purifying work through people's brokenness. For if God's grace could make its way to the likes of Zacchaeus, imagine what God could do here. Lord, half of my possessions I will give to the poor. If I've defrauded anyone, I will pay it back four times. That's grace. It's the grace the reformers wrote about and lived. It's the reason why they spared no expense building some of the world's largest cathedrals in Europe and everywhere else. It's amazing grace. A grace that saves us not because of what we can do, but because of what Christ has already done for us. Is it any wonder why Zacchaeus went out onto that limb to see what he could see? Thank God he did, not just for his sake, but for ours as well. Let us pray. Like Zacchaeus, help us, O God, to lose our fear of stepping outside our place, of doing things differently, of seeking Christ in our lives. Christ's invitation awaits us to start anew, to make amends, to live in Christ's way. God of change and renewal, we give thanks for your love that makes all of this possible for each and every one of us. For there is not one person who is too far gone that your love, that your grace cannot grab a hold of them and make them whole. Help us to remember this truth and to live it and to be your witnesses here, there, and everywhere. For we ask this in Jesus' name, and all God's people say, Amen. New to Central? Since 1840, we have been connecting people to God and to one another through scripture, sacrament, song, and service. We are located on the corner of College Avenue and Fulton Street in the Heritage Hill neighborhood of Grand Rapids. We hope you'll give us the opportunity to meet you in person soon. To learn more about our mission, ministries, and the ways you can grow and serve, 
please visit our website at www.centralreformedchurch.org.